Welcome to the Observer Effect, a podcast of travel stories. Each week we hope to bring you a conversation with someone we meet overseas and at least one good story. Episode 103, Burnout, Oaxaca, where Megan recovered. The first question is, can you describe what you look like for people listening? Who should they imagine as they oh, listen to Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, let's see, I have, I'm a female, first of all. Um, I'm Caucasian from New York originally. Um, I have blue eyes, very blue eyes, blonde hair. Um, How would you describe your sweater? Oh, okay, that's much better. Um, my sweater is my dad's sweater, actually, that I stole from his closet before I came over because I didn't have anything warm enough. Um, it is a cashmere wool knit. I think it's kind of like a got a bit of an embroidery type look to it. It's gray and um, definitely well used. And it makes me feel really nice and warm when I'm walking around in the mornings and it's really cold. It's like a nice, gentle hug. Oh man, that's a great description. <laughs> so that leads in perfectly to the second question, which is, can you possibly put into words where we are right now? Where it's chilly enough that you need a sweater. <laughs> so we are um, sitting in a little cafe outside on a island slash part of a mainland sometimes called Mont Saint-Michel in France on the west coast of France I believe. I'm not very good with geography um, and it is actually getting sunnier out. The sun seems to be burning through the clouds but we're in this sort of medieval gothic kind of village that has been built on a big rock through the course of centuries. I think that the abbey was There's a big abbey at the top of this hill, and or this island, which was built or started to be built in 709. So we're sitting amongst legends, pretty much, I think. Um, and it looks like we're on a, we're sort of in the area where the trench would be. Is that the right word? Where the or the moat? Yeah. We're kind of like in the moat, we're basically almost, having coffee in the moat. Almost like on the drawbridge that, yeah. that can lift up from the moat, like yes. right at the gate. Right at the gate. With a big turret next to us in the wall. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we're, um, yeah, we're in the middle of it, I think. And I hope that's a good explanation. That was fantastic. And can you describe the first time you saw it as you were approaching? Like, I felt like I was in a Walt Disney movie. Like, there, it, this is what fairy tales are made of, I think. You see it, and it's this, like, mystic, like, it doesn't even look like an island. It, it looks like it has its own personality within itself, like, emerging from the water yeah. from afar. And, like, the, there, were, I, there were kind of, like, clouds around it. So it reminded me of, like... Disney's Beauty and the Beast yeah. in this like far off castle kind of a thing where all these magical beings exist so that's yeah it's a very fantastical weekend yeah <laughs> <laughs> so 
Um, has travel played a big role in your life, would you say? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that from as early as I can remember, my my mother in particular was a big advocate of traveling, mostly throughout the United States. I was born and raised in New York. Um, and then when I got into, well, when I was in high school, my best friend was Polish. So that was my first experience out of the country. I spent 10 days with her and her family through Warsaw and Krakow. Um, which in the dead of winter, which was really arresting, I think, um, and such an interesting experience to have coming from like, you know, indoor heating and indoor air conditioning and in, and cars and everything's like so luxurious in comparison to what Warsaw was when I went, which was about I think 17 years ago. So there was still a lot of it that was recovering from the war and. And it was just very cold and bare, and I remember being really shocked at how different life can be yeah. outside of like the bubble that I kind of grew up in. And then from, from that point on, I was just hooked on traveling. So when I was in college, I studied... Um, I did a semester in Florence, and every weekend, literally, like, got my backpack with some of my friends, walked up to the train station, didn't know where we were going, but got on the next train. And from there, I tried to persuade my guidance counselor to let me stay for another semester, but I was not allowed to do that because my school had very strict regulations about how long we were out of the country for. So I reluctantly came back, and then I think the first chance I could I went to uh, Budapest for a few days with another friend and then just continued traveling um, got married to a Brit and lived in London for a while then lived in Paris for a year and a half and I worked in the Asia market so I've been traveling through Asia for a lot of life and um, yeah, and suddenly uh, last year, 2017, had a bit of a burnout from just the corporate go, go, go and losing myself in the midst of everything. Um, How did you know that you were lost? Um, my body basically gave out on me. <laughs> I think intuitively. So when you, say burnout, you mean really, literally. Yeah. 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 Like I, I had lost 21 pounds, something like that, in a matter of three months, and just didn't have an appetite for anything really, like food or life or just. I felt like I was that hamster on a wheel, just going and going and going. Um, my job had stopped being something that I was really passionate about and turned into something that I kind of continually asked myself, is this really what I'm doing? Like, how is this contributing to the world? How is this benefiting other people? Um, I was a very senior executive at a French luxury brand, luxury fashion brand, um, and just didn't really understand how I was marketing a particular product that essentially cost what like a month of rent would be um, and why the world needed more of that so I think that I think instinctively I had known for a long time but we tend to not listen to that because the other powers that be are a little bit louder than our own intuition so 
finally, I think that everything just said, you have to stop. And we are not going to give you choice now because you've literally missed all of the warnings. So um, that happened later in 2017. And the first thing I did was, right, I where am I going? Where am I going? That is literally just going to strip it all down. And I wound up going to the southwest of Mexico, to a state, the state of Oaxaca, but this little, little, little town um, on the coast called Mizunte, Zipolite, and San Agustinillo. Um, I went on a retreat with a yoga meditation studio in New York that I'd never been to before, but I really liked their Instagram account because it's edited very well. And I saw they were doing a retreat and was like, yes, fine, that is exactly what I need. I'm signing up. No idea who anybody is, what is being offered here, but it's, it's my ticket to go somewhere. And I went and had incredible like life-transforming experiences in a matter of five days. Um, the particular town that I was staying in for this retreat was called Mizunte, and there's a there's actually like a cliff. It's it's the the architecture is incredible because you can be in the mountains, but then you have the beach right there as well. And there's a particular cliff where you can watch the sun set and the moon rise. Um, and there's just a lot of really amazing energy there. So I had some really out-of-body crazy experiences of just like, <laughs> this world is so big and vast and beautiful and there's so much more to see. And I think like my appetite for travel came back or just for like being uncomfortable, like going out of myself, learning, like meeting people, um, like I had always enjoyed doing, but in a totally different way of like, there's another, there's another currency here, not just cash, right? It's not just how much money you make or what job you do or your fame or status, like there's something that is registering in my soul in this place and in these people. So after the retreat, I went back to New York um, to spend some time with my family and two days after I arrived back in New York, my entire body froze and I ached from the, my head to my toe, in my muscles, in my bones, everywhere. And I just said, right, okay, I have to go back. And a week later, I was back in the same spot in Mexico, <laughs> just one town over, and with a one-way ticket, and I wound up staying for two months. Um, and integrating into the community that was there, um, and really making friends and, and family that I will connect with and stay connected to for the rest of my life. Um, particularly a few weeks into my trip, I had gotten an E. coli infection, which was very, very serious, and my digestive system stopped working. Um, and I went to the local doctor who, when I started realizing that like my food wasn't digesting and it was kind of just like staying at the top of my stomach and I started throwing up so I had gotten a recommendation from another American there that this new doctor who was like 23 years old who was setting up this like makeshift medical facility um, was really good and spoke English and kind of treated in a holistic way versus just like assigning medication for one particular part of the body, which I was used to from my upbringing in the United States. 
Um, so I went to him and he treated me for parasites and then took vials of blood and literally put the vials into a plastic bag, walked outside, gave them to the taxi driver because the nearest lab was an hour and a half away. <laughs> <laughs> and paid the driver to to take them to this lab. <laughs> and then at 8.30 p.m. that evening, I got a call from the doctor saying, you don't have parasites, you have E. coli infection, it's really bad, you need to get antibiotics and I have to get you on... Um, uh, an IV like right away so I uh, I'll come to you or you come to me but either way like we have to start your treatment now so I wound up going I was in the next town over so I wound up getting a taxi and going to his facility and for the next three weeks he took the best care of me that I've ever had um, I had to have like seven rounds of um, antibiotic injections in, in both of my cheek, my bottom cheeks every day and um, he just stayed on top of my care um, and it was tough. It was because I was also staying in like an Airbnb in Mexico in um, May so it was super hot. I had one ceiling fan which I'm pretty sure actually added to the heat in the room <laughs> rather than cooled anything down. And then my temperature on top of it was just like, I literally laid in bed sometimes and was like, I just, I don't know. But whatever I did to deserve, fine. Like whatever I did to deserve this, fine. But I'm here and I'm showing up for it and I'll get through it. And my parents wanted to come to Mexico and, and take me back to the United States for to see my other, my old doctors and everyone was super worried about me and for some reason, I don't know why, I just didn't realize how serious E. coli was and I specifically stayed away from Googling it too, um, but I refused to go back to the United States because I was getting incredible care in Mexico by this doctor. Um, I couldn't afford to be seen by a doctor, let alone actually treated by a doctor and in the way that they would in the United States. And I didn't want to come back at all. I just wanted to stay where I was. The local community gathered around me. Like one of the restaurant owners would make me meals, like Ayurvedic meals that would heal, like help my stomach and everywhere I went, like people they just knew that I wasn't well and like that the local taxi driver would drive me back and forth for to the doctor for no cost at all and it just I don't get that kind of love. <laughs> like it care from from even some of my family members in New York. So, um, and ultimately, like my my medical expenses cost less than 50 US dollars for the whole entire thing. <laughs> for three weeks of pretty much every day having to have some sort of injection or tablet or, or something to restore my health. So, um, that was... Probably in terms of travel and life-changing moments, I think that, that that experience really showed me like the beauty of people in our most basic way and that we are so good at the core and so many things distract us in life. 
but um, what I love about what I loved about this place in particular in Mexico and and in a lot of the places that we travel to is that you simplify so much and then you find this common bond in, in other people especially other travelers because when you really have to make an effort to travel somewhere like to to get to this one town I was in you have to fly from New York to Mexico City Mexico City to this small airport called Huatuco and then it's like a two-hour taxi ride from the airport to the beach so it's you kind of like have to be committed in a certain way to get there and I think that people are drawn there because they something in their life wants to they need to change or they are shifted or whatever it is and they're recalculating their priorities and you just meet in such a deeper way and, and connect on such a deeper level straight straight off the bat than if you're, you're, you're a, co- a co-worker or colleagues and, and you're sitting at the desk next to one another for eight, ten hours a day for however long that is because there's just there's something about travel that just ties those bonds so much tighter than than normally in day-to-day life which is really special I think and, and in especially in this period especially in the United States and with with everything that is going on and the negative the negative feeling coming from Washington DC and, and all of that I think that as an American finding these beautiful souls in Mexico and really not wanting to be anywhere else but there is has has been a very beautiful kind of circle for me. So that's a beautiful story. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. I'm really blessed <laughs> to have gone through all that. <laughs> Do you think it's possible to carry that back in any way. Uh, that's what I always think about mm. when, when we stop traveling. How am I going to take this into settled life? Yeah, know? I think I think it's our responsibility to do that, um, to take our, those experiences and in some way interpret them in a way that can resonate with with other people or just with ourselves I think it's like it's it's a deeper level of knowing you as well and and that was my purpose in going in the first place was to really understand who who is my authentic self and and how do I stay aligned to that Um, personally I found meditation to be an incredible vehicle in in getting sorry um, getting so into this conversation that I just spilled my coffee all over my husband's white jeans. Um, <laughs> I think that it's um, being the best version of yourself that you can be every day and showing up thank you, and showing up um, without expectation and and giving people the benefit of of a a chance like showing up without like you've never been there before to conversations to events to experiences to wherever that is and just being open-minded and having an open heart as well I think um, you know we all are genuinely good and inherently um, we just get lost somewhere along the way and sometimes all it takes is a smile to help somebody maybe find get a little bit more centered or 
or even just to center yourself again. Um, but I think that it's it's a day-to-day thing and, and realizing and noticing when maybe you are getting a little bit caught up in the news or something that doesn't really necessarily matter as much as we believe that it does or we're told to believe that it does um, and catching yourself there. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good answer for that. That, that was great. <laughs> uh, do, do you know uh, Antoine Saint-Exupéry, the, the little prince author? Oh, yeah. Uh, I know the little prince. I don't... He was a uh, war pilot from France. Okay. And he was captured. And he said something that you made me think of uh, oh, really? about a smile. He yeah. was captured and this guard smiled at him. And he wrote about it, and I want to read you what he wrote. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, um, care granted to the sick, welcome offered to the banished, forgiveness itself are worth nothing without a smile enlightening the deed. We communicate in a smile beyond languages, classes, and parties. We're faithful members of the same church with your customs and I with mine. Wow. That's so true. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. It's so true. Um, I think I've spent pretty much like the last three years in countries that I don't speak the native language. In France, I definitely don't speak much French. I've pretty much butchered everything um, there is about the language here uh, entirely. Um, And then Spanish, I had a small background in Spanish from like elementary school, which surprisingly came back to me, which I was like, this is incredible. And it shows that you need to learn second languages when you're young. Yes. The importance of that. Um, But you, when you are not speaking the native the, the native language fluently and you really can't converse, you're you're really bound to a smile does cross borders. It crosses many borders and you're you're a person, like the energy you bring into a situation also it it really can be the total difference between between a a beautiful experience and one that is more closed off. So, but yeah, the smiles that like that international hello. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for reading that to me. That was really, that's really beautiful. Thank you so much, Megan for taking time to share your story, for listening to your body, and for the good words you shared about Mexico. Thank you to Dana Boulay for the accordion music. You can find more of her songs on iTunes by following the link on our webpage. Also, my brother and his wife started a foundation to help defray the medical costs of parents who lose their children to miscarriage. It's a beautiful idea, and you can donate at westonsfund.org. That's W-E-S-T-I-N-S-F-U-N-D dot O-R-G, westonsfund.org. Thank you for listening. <laughs>